The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What was the size of the largest snowflake ever recorded? What spice can make you high? I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. And we go out of our way to scour the internet for information you really don't need. So let's find out together what other useless information is out there on this episode of Totally Useless Information. It's everything you never needed to know by listening once a week. You get smarter than you think. The Total Useless Information Podcast, hosted by Nick and Roy. Well, hello there, and welcome, everyone. Welcome. Good day from Florida. Day from Toronto, Canada. We are really excited because we have lots of great stuff coming your way. So empty whatever information is in the brains that you have now. <laughs> That's right. We are... With all with all of the fake news that's out there, we yes. are the cure for all the fake news that's out there. So let's start off with one of the most popular features on this podcast. Animal, 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 crazy animal. <laughs> We're starting right off with animals, folks. This is getting crazy, I tell you. Is by popular demand, people have been flooding our inbox. With requests, and they love the animal uh, feature that we do every week. Yes. A full-size hippo can fit a four-foot child in its mouth. A four-foot child could fit inside a hippo's mouth. <laughs> I, don't, I don't write this stuff. <laughs> I understand. I get it. That's, that's okay. That's fine by me. So speaking of small things, I made him angry too. <laughs> angry, uh, angry. Is it uh, hungry hippos? It's a new it's game. It's hippos. angry hippos. <laughs> and speaking of small things, the heart of a shrimp is located in, in its head. But remember that there are two parts to a shrimp. So we have like the head, and then the rest of the body. We see the heart in its head. Wow. Take a look the next time you have shrimp with linguine. Yeah. Take a look at half the population of men that get married. Their heart is in their head. Okay. <laughs> Listen. Rats breed so quickly that two rats in 18 months could breed one million relatives. Oh, I thought you said breathe like taking a breath. They breathe so fast. They breed as in sexual contact, uh, coitus. <laughs> How many family members in the lifetime? And no, in 18 months, what starts off with two rats could breed up to a million. Wow. No wonder they're having so, a problem in Michigan. In Michigan, <laughs> New York, there's all kinds of rat infestation. And what, now, do they breed like rabbits? Don't rabbits breed? 
apparently the rabbits are probably watching the rats. <laughs> yes, exactly. Taking notes. <laughs> that. Okay. All right. So if you look at the fingerprints of a koala bear, they have fingerprints that are almost identical to human ones. Not even careful analysis under a microscope will you find anything but these loopy, whirling ridges on the koala's fingers from our own. So we have the same formation of fingerprints as the koalas, and they have on occasion been confused at a crime scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. You know, the koala walks into a bank, you know, doesn't look strange or anything. It's just like, wow, look at the fingerprints. Come on. Yeah, but, but hold on. But you know who the koala's uh, accomplice was? A raccoon. <laughs> They've got the mask. <laughs> All right, that's enough. <laughs> so, so koala and a raccoon walk into a bank. <laughs> Sounds like a bad uh, joke here. Okay, true or false? True or okay. false, Nick? Do yep. cows... And horses sleep standing up. Yes, true. It is true. They do sleep standing up. Yes. But there's another interesting fact that goes along with this. They do sleep standing up, but they also can sleep lying down. But most of the time they sleep standing up. But they only dream when they're lying down. They never dream sleeping when they're standing up. So, what what was your joke? What do you call a cow with no legs? Ground beef. Ground beef. Yeah. There you go. So hold on. So the the these animals, the cows and the horses, they only dream dream when they're lying down. They only when they're lying down sleeping, they can dream. But if they're standing up sleeping, they cannot dream. By the way, okay. a human being cannot dream while they're snoring. Have you ever dreamt that you're awake? I don't know. I was probably snoring. <laughs> Sleepwalking. <laughs> Even worse. So I, I think I know what the cow was dreaming. He was dreaming the Beyond Meat Patty. <laughs> yeah. He was dreaming they took his friend instead. That's right. Long lost friends. So elephants are the only animal that can't jump. Elephants cannot jump. Nope. If you ask it to jump, they'll say, no way, no how. It's true that adult elephants can't jump. They proved it. There are other mammals that can't either, like uh, hippos and rhinos. Although, unlike elephants, hippos and rhinos can have all four feet off the ground at the same time when they run, but they don't wow. jump. They cannot jump. Did you know yeah. that a bat, a bat's bones are so thin and light that it cannot walk. It can fly. It could actually land slightly on them, but if it goes to walk, it would snap its bones. Wow, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. You're listening to the Totally Useless Information Podcast. I'm Nick, and he's Roy. We're talking about animals. Mm -hmm. A rhinoceros' horn is made of hair. The what? horns, yep, they're made of keratin, the same type of protein that makes up hair and fingernails. Right. Both African species and the Sumatran rhinoceros species, more than one rhinoceros, have two, I just made up a word, have mm -hmm. two horns, all right? Those are from Africa. They have two horns. While the Indian and the Javan rhinoceros have a single horn. My Jeep has a horn. <laughs>
beep, beep. <laughs> the male ostrich, okay, now it's male ostrich, okay, has a roar that sounds just like a lion. Really? Yes. And did you know that an ostrich can run faster than a horse? No. Okay, so, so an ostrich runs really fast, okay? Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Now, speaking of ostriches, the ostrich's eye is bigger than its brain. The eyes of an ostrich are about the same size of billiard, billiard balls, cue balls, as it were. You know what's even funnier? What? If they tuned in, they already found that out. <laughs> ostrich's brain is larger than mine. <laughs> I say, do not edit this out. The people okay. need to know that we keep track of this crap. That's right. Hold on. This is what I should do. The preceding was an encore presentation by popular <laughs> demand. <laughs> Leave, it Leave it in. Leave it in. I have one more. One okay. more. Though. Hold on. Yeah. So it's, it's a known fact. It's a known fact that electric eels have enough electricity to kill a horse. What? The electric eel has five to 6,000 stacked electroplaques that can make up a shock up to 600 volts. The level of current is reportedly enough to produce a brief and painful numbing shock, likened to a stun gun. See, I always thought that was fake. That is cool. So, yeah, electric eels, five to 6,000 of these electroplaques to create up to 600 volts. Insane. Yes. Can I do one more? Sure, as we wrap up this segment of animals on the Totally Useless Information Podcast. The smallest dog on record. The Now, you need to tell me the breed and how much it weighed. The smallest dog on record. The audience can listen in on this, too. They can probably weigh in if they can, right? They're probably screaming right now. No, the smallest dog on record was a Yorkshire Terrier. Ah, okay. It weighed four ounces. It's like a dollar, dollar menu McDonald's hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell the cow that. Animal, 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 crazy animal. Good. Oh, sorry. I was upstaged by a cat. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't blame you, but your agent. Uh, you're listening to the Totally Useless Information Podcast. If you'd like to email us any requests, uh, whether you want us to find out more information or you want us to stop, uh, send it along to tuipodcast at outlook.com. I'm hungry. hungry. I'm hungry. <laughs> See, listen, this, we think... <laughs> We think alike. After 40 years of friendship, we've finished each other's pancakes. <laughs> hey, everybody. Come and get it. Your weekly sweet and savory facts with your five-star Michelin chefs of totally useless information, Nick and Roy. Come and get it. You know what's really interesting about that lady? She can play the triangle and make that announcement at the same time. That's how talented she is. You know what's even more unbelievable about her? Her ability to put up with nonsense for this many years with you. <laughs>
a minute. You're implying that we know each other. This is some random woman that we said, hey, <laughs> would you mind reading this? She said, sure. Sure, no problem. <laughs> so, yes, you're listening to the food portion of Total Abuses Information Podcast. And you have lots of hot weather in Florida just about all year round. Mm-hmm. You've often enjoyed a popsicle or two, have you not? I actually purchased them today. I buy the sugar-free popsicles because I'm diabetic. What flavor? Is I like the tropical, but they didn't have the damn tropical today. So, oh. yeah. I I would talk to the manager. That's that's horrible. <laughs> but you can thank an 11-year-old Frank Epperson for the invention of the popsicle, and it happened by accident. 11. He was 11 years old, and this was in 1905. He left a mixture of soda and water in a cup outside overnight. It froze. Well, he called this the Epsicle, because his last name was Epperson. The Epsicle, and he began selling it all over the Neptune Beach in San Francisco that following summer. When he got older, Epperson's children began calling his creation Popsicle, which is now Popsicle. Oh, cool. See, folks, you got to tune into this show, really, because where, where the hell else are you going to find out crazy crap like this? <laughs> That's right. The Totally Useless Information Podcast. But it really is. It's, 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 it's crazy, but it's so cool because this is factual stuff. Well, the popsicle story is really cool. What is the oldest evidence of soup in history? I have no idea. Well, the, <laughs> the oldest evidence of soup is yes. six thousand bc and this particular soup was made with hippo meat hippopotamus meat and mm-hmm. sparrow meat the bird the sparrow meat right and it was from six thousand before christ wow so hippo and sparrow soup yeah some caveman probably wrote this on a wall he says geez this was good you should write this down right you know? three cloves of garlic <laughs> His name, was, his name was Ooh Ooh Emerald. No, Ooh Ooh Emerald Campbell. <laughs> That's his real name. Uh, grapes will explode if you put them in the microwave. They'll blow so, up? Yep. If you split a grape in half and put it in the microwave, it will create an explosive fireball of plasma and lightning. Scientists have explained that the microwaves work by using microwave radiation to generate heat. If you heat something up, it well, it heats it up. But if there's nothing in the microwave, or in the case where the waves go somewhere else above the grape, the grape will act like an antenna, conducts electricity in the microwave, causing a small plasma fireball. Grapes will explode in the microwave. Do not do this at home. Cool. The average ear of corn... Has an even number of rows. Now you would think that it just—it's by chance, but it's not. They usually have even numbers of rows, and usually there are sixteen rows in an ear of corn. I'm sorry. Could you say that again, please? <laughs> what do you have corn in your ears? <laughs> ear of corn. Yes. I will count them the next time. I will. I will look so that they're even numbers. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I'll check it out. Next time I have some corn. If you eat crackers, what do you think? You think crackers will give you cavities faster than candy. What do you think? True or false? I- I'm going to say, because it's that crazy, I'm going to say true. What a lucky guess. The phrase candy will rot your teeth 
has been drilled into your head, just like the dentist, since you were a kid. <laughs> there are many foods that are out there that are worse for your dental hygiene than candy like crackers. That's because acid, not sugar, is the major cause of tooth decay, according to Dr. Bereen of AskTheDentist.com. Salting crackers or goldfish crackers become sticky in your mouth. Mm. Even better for the bacteria than the sticky goo gets stuck between your teeth and the bacteria can feast for even longer. The crackers down here in Florida have no teeth. Oh, <laughs> they don't? <laughs> they call themselves crackers. Florida crackers. Most wasabi. Wasabi is a green type of um, spicy, almost like a mustardy substance that they use in a lot of Japanese and Asian cooking. Okay. But we, we know it. A lot of times you'll see like they have peas, dried peas with wasabi on them. And was, But most of the wasabi that we eat in the United States and Canada does not even contain wasabi in it at all. No. It's usually just color, green colored horseradish. <laughs> See, these are the things that you discover. You know what? That was useful information. That's the sound you'll hear when we give you really useful information. Chili peppers contain a chemical that tricks your mouth into thinking it's being burnt. Hmm. That burning sensation in your mouth you, when you eat spicy peppers is a mental reaction, not a physical one. Because chili peppers, scientists have discovered, contain a chemical known as capsaicin, which naturally binds to the pain receptors on our nerves. So your brain thinks you're ingesting something hot. So you begin sweating and your face turns red. And that's your body's way of cooling down, even though there's no real temperature threat, only a perceived one. The brain gets the message and sends out the body's fire squad to remove the hot substance, resulting in increased circulation. And by the way, it boosts metabolism. So that's why they say eating spicy foods can be good for you. Cooling perspiration and typical reactions to any irritant, like a runny nose and teary eyes. It's all in your head is what we're saying. <laughs> You'd think that was a long-winded chili pepper story. <laughs> Listen. Hot. Yeah. I got this is great. Okay. You know, in South Korea, they have Dunkin' Donuts in South Korea. So, but they they offer special donuts in Dunk in Dunkin' Donuts in South Korea. Kamichi croquettes and the ever popular Garlic glazed donut. Mm. <laughs> Garlic. What the hell is going on? Maybe I didn't they realize that. Yeah, maybe they should put a little wasabi on that. <laughs> or maybe that's why they don't have any vampires in South Korea. Ah, true, true, true. The old garlic thing. Either that or you go there and they just put a steak through your heart just in case. Mm, steak. <laughs> I got one. I got one that we have to end it on because I always end it on like the disgusting food thing. Okay, so brace yourselves, folks. Here comes a disgusting one. Okay, vanilla flavoring <laughs> and a lot mm. of baked <laughs> yummy, yummy. And a lot of yes. baked goods have a substance called castorum in it. That's vanilla mm. flavoring and baked goods. It is actually a substance secreted, you know, it's not going to be good, 
from the anal gland of beavers. <laughs> so hold on, hold on. I'll interrupt you there for a second. So the beaver is the national animal of Canada. So you're telling me that Canadians are responsible or 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 beaver excretions, as you put it, are responsible for vanilla? Yeah, and how ironic is it that vanilla is white and chocolate is brown when the whole time it should have been reversed? <laughs> By the way, one of the delicacies up here in Canada is called a beaver tail. Oh, great. <laughs> no, 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 it's not what you think. It's actually fried dough that looks like the beaver's tail. Oh, and they yeah. put all kinds of stuff on it. Yeah. You can even put vanilla on it. Yes, exactly. Want. And then it's it's like at home. <laughs> Bullseye. Wow, that was totally disgusting. The kitchen is now closed. Join us next time on the Totally Useless Information Podcast for more sweet and savory morsels of useless food information. See you real soon. Someone put hot peppers in her shorts. Mm -hmm. You're listening to the Totally Useless Information Podcast. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. And if you'd like to contact us, it's really simple. T-U-I podcast at Outlook.com. Another one of our popular features that people have emailed us and told us they really love this one. Where do the expressions come from? I don't know. Expressions come from we want to know right now. Well, I'm going to make a beeline for this one. A beeline. A beeline. Right. The fastest way to a point from point to point. That's a beeline. Make a beeline. From point A to point. Getting B. somewhere quickly. Right. And so the fastest line from point A to point B is a straight line. And people believe and yes. believed years ago that. Bees only flew in straight lines. So when somebody said that the fastest way is from point A to point B is a straight line, they called it a bee line. Every cloud has a server lining. You hear that all the time. Mm. This expression can be traced directly from a piece written in 1634. That's how far back this goes. By an English poet, John Milton. He spoke of a silver lining of brightness behind a gloomy cloud, and soon afterward, Milton's clouds became a staple of English literature. The proverb, every cloud has a silver lining, eventually came into being in the 1800s. A time of optimism and positivity was in the upper classes of Victorian England, and therefore they said, don't worry, every cloud has a silver lining. There, there. I liked Milton best when he hooked up with his friend Bradley and made board games. That's right. <laughs> you know, that story That story was beyond the pale. <laughs> wow. Great segues. That was beyond the pale. In English term, from the 14th and 15th century, the king, I love this one, the king ruled Dublin and the surrounding areas of Dublin, he also ruled, which was known as the pale. Anything beyond that was thought to be less dangerous and savage. And so the statement comes, that's beyond the pale. It's thoughtless. It's savage. It's beyond the pale. Hey, if you're running amok, 
running amok, you behave uncontrollably and disruptively. The saying comes from a Malaysian word, amok, which describes the bizarre behavior of tribesmen who, under the influence of opium, would become wild and attack people. Cool. See, that one I like a lot. That is cool. That's a crazy, yeah. crazy stuff. Well, you know, like this show, it's the blind leading the blind. Sounds like a simple phrase, but believe it or not, it is Matthew fifteen fourteen from the Bible where Jesus criticizes the Pharisees as blind leaders and anyone that would follow would have to be as blind. The blind leading the blind. Another biblical term. English cops, you know what they're called, right? Bobby. Coppers? No, Bobbies. Bobbies. Yes, Bobbies. English cops are called Bobbies, but they're also called peelers. They're called Bobbies oh. or peelers. So okay. they're, you know why they're called that? They're called that because of Sir Robert Peel, who founded the modern police force of England. So call a peeler is an English term, but I needed to give you the background, otherwise you would have never known what the hell that meant. Of course not. I, well, I was I was clueless. I was I just completely clueless. Sounded very much like a cock and bull story. <laughs> That's a good segue. Cock and bull story. I'm going to give you this one because I have to. Okay. It's actually a true story. It was a story written in the 1700s about a cock and a bull, and the story was written. But here's the most ironic part of it all. The okay. story gets lost to time throughout history, so we don't even know what the story is. So the story itself is a cock and bull story. <laughs> I love that. It's like an ironic term. Cock and bull story. There you go. Let me know how it ends. Spoiler alert. We will tell you how, how the cock and bull story ends on this podcast. Spoiler alert. And then we will eat humble pie together. Ooh. In the Middle Ages, where there would be a huge feast after they went hunting, the lord of the manor would receive the finest piece of meat. And the ones with a lower status would eat a pie filled with entrails and innards. Mmm, mmm. Entrails and innards again, dear, which were also known as umbles. Umbles. So those who would eat umble pie were considered to be humiliated since it symbolized their lower status. So they're the ones who were eating umble pie, which became humble pie, filled with entrails and innards. Mm, mm. Yummy, yummy. Sounds like the food section. <laughs> oh, but some of these, uh, some of these uh, expressions and some of, of other uh, useless information kind of cross over from one topic to another. Yes. So I have to give you my teaser though, because I never gave you, I never gave you my teaser. Eating too much of this spice can make you high. Eating too much nutmeg has the effect of a hallucinogenic drug. Wow. Hallucinogenic drug. So, drug. so basically, do not go running out now and buying tons of nutmeg. No, it'll make you nuts. <laughs> that's that's where the nut. We put the nut in nutmeg. It may yeah. be perfect addition to your hot beverage, mm. but if you put too much, eating too much nutmeg can have the physical effect 
of a hallucinogenic drug, including out-of-body sensations. If you have too much nutmeg, yes. you basically probably wouldn't know you had nutmeg because you'd be hallucinating. I'm going to tell right. you, my teaser, yeah. what was the largest snowflake on record? I will tell you it is 1887 in Coag, Montana, and this snowflake was 15 inches. Now, just to wow. give you an idea of the size of this snowflake, an average man's shoe is 11 inches. 15 inches was this snowflake, a single snowflake. You have to tune in weekly to this show because I'm going to tell you right now, you, you miss a show, you're missing some really important stuff because this is the stuff that people want to talk about. And basically, yeah, and they do. I mean, and, and thank you for all your emails, everybody. Well, that's pretty much all the time we have for this edition of Totally Useless Information Podcast. Don't you worry. Don't lose any wake of sleep or anything because we will have more for you next time. So, in the meantime, you tell a friend about the trend. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks for listening. 